This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alec the Third. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types, superheroes and those seeking to become. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. My mission is to elevate people so that together we can reach new heights. And this episode features Becca Jane and Georgia Gavon, and they are the founders and operators of Wick Pilates. Um, it is a Bushwick-based Pilates um, online uh, studio. Uh, they have been teaching Pilates for many years, and with COVID, they started something called Legit Wick, which is a monthly news newsletter which um, features guest editors. And that's actually how I found out about it because uh, the singer-songwriter Deb Monso from episode 90 of the podcast was actually the first guest editor um, for that newsletter. And yeah, so I wanted to reach out to them because I think they're doing a great, great job of highlighting um, different people in the neighborhood. And so I was curious to learn more. And actually, this month, I'm going to be the guest editor. So that's exciting. Look out for that. Um, It's just, you know, kind of, we just, everybody just keep elevating everybody. um, Elevate your community, the ideas that you like. And um, rising tides lift all ships. Rising tides lift all ships. That's the idea. So this is Becca Jane, Georgia Gavron. They are from Wick Pilates. I also learned something that I did not know, which is, um, you know, I love martial arts. I like boxing. Um, I like all the martial arts, really. And actually, Pilates was created by somebody who wanted, by Joe Pilates, I think is his name. You'll listen in the podcast, um, in the interview. But basically, um, it was created for for boxing, for boxers, for like a athletic you know, regular training program to like strengthen the core and all parts of the body. So learned a little bit in this episode, so check it out. This is Georgia Gavron and Becca Jane, Wick Pilates. Let's have a conversation. So yeah, I'm Becca and I'm Georgia. Yeah. And do you want us to introduce like who we are or? Yeah, a little bit. Just a okay. point. And we're Pilates instructors based out of North Brooklyn. So I live in Bushwick and Georgia lives in Greenpoint. And we've known each other for uh, close to a decade, I believe, working in the Pilates industry. So we sort of teamed up during COVID and are teaching classes online and also in the park here in Bushwick at Marie Hernandez. Nice. And, uh, and so you started a newsletter and that's kind of how, what I started following because I saw our mutual friend Deb was like the first guest editor. Um, and were you also like planning to open a studio before all this or like what kind of, yeah, what happened? What's going on? Yeah. So um, we've worked at studios together and other jobs for a long time. We've been Pilates instructors and I think, I think before COVID, we started looking back at that through line and figuring out what is next. So we were already asking this question that everyone's asking in COVID now. And 
for us, the next natural thing was um, putting together our experience managing studios and our time teaching and hopefully opening Bushwick's first uh, fully equipped Pilates studio because that doesn't exist yet. Um, I think we were definitely dreaming about living and working in our neighborhood and not commuting all over the city. And yeah, so that dream was there and then COVID hit. And I think we saw that as an opportunity to come together and start to teach together virtually. And we'll see if down the road that naturally grows into something um, more in the form of a business. Yeah, it's since the virus hit, especially now, because gyms and studios are closed and you're not allowed to teach classes, it's kind of just unknown when that's even going to happen. So what like we plan to do in the space we wanted to have is kind of what we're bringing into our online kind of community that we've started, is that we wanted to find a way to kind of connect Pilates, wellness, and fitness in art, um, which is how we brought the newsletter in because we wanted to connect to like communities, art, like play, all these different things. Um, and also already have it tied into what we're already doing. So we were like, how can we make this online platform kind of what we were aiming to make our physical space into? So now we're kind of just playing with ideas on how we can kind of make that happen virtually, which is how Becca kind of came up with the newsletter just to kind of open up new horizons for people, bring in the community, and also offer new views and things to do to our clients. I kind of think of the newsletter, like when we go to a gym or a Pilates studio, people like the physical benefits that it gives them. But I think what keeps people coming back is when they belong to a really strong, authentic community and they are getting more out of it than just building muscle or um, I think the community is what keeps people motivated. Uh, the conversations I see people have after workouts are really important. They network, they support each other. And so when we went online, there wasn't really that space for community in the same way. And we have our little few minutes before class and often our Zoom classes go a little bit later as people chat and catch up. Um, but the newsletter was a way in which we can continue building that constellation of community around this idea of a studio so, or a virtual studio. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I also like how you were talking about the like pre-COVID kind of the natural evolution was leading towards maybe opening up a studio. And then you took the opportunity to like bring everything online and that that might grow into like a biz business. Um, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but there's a term that I heard recently. I heard a while ago, I heard a term called entrepreneur, um, which is kind of like an entrepreneur combined with artists. It's exactly what it sounds like. Recently, I was listening to a podcast between two of my favorite kind of they're kind of thought leaders. They're kind of in the world of business, but the type of business that they talk about is business that is based on having an impact and contributing something to others. And one of them talked about the idea that when we talk about the term entrepreneur, like a lot of times people think of it as 
somebody who creates a business that then makes all of this money. And this guy, Seth Godin, talked about there's another type of entrepreneur that basically creates something that has social impact. And that, yeah, when you create things of value, like money will come eventually, but sometimes it's not the, it's not the initial thing. Um, but yeah, I, I just, yeah. that really speaks to me because I want to make a living as much as everybody else, but that's not what drives me. Yeah, it's hard when your why is money. I don't think, I think you might have really great short-term success, but if you want to build something that's really going to have a lasting impact and be available to the community long-term, I definitely don't think money should be your why. So I think we're both have an entrepreneurial spirit, but we were artists first before we were Pilates instructors. And I find that to be true for a lot of the workforce in the Pilates industry, there's um, that that ends up being a natural like workforce option for dancers, for artists, for performers. They find this method. And so I think a lot of the staff that we've worked with, our coworkers in the past, have been artists first and Pilates teachers kind of second. But the, you know, forces of capitalism, that's always this very interesting dynamic. So I had never heard of art entrepreneur. How did you say it? How did you combine those two words? Artrepreneur. Um, and Artrepreneur. I my friend, uh, Rachel Berger, she started something called the Artist Co-op. Um, mm -hmm. And we were talking on this actually, and she, yeah, she's the first person I've heard say it. Um, and yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I always heard, I was pretty aware as I, went to school and got a fine arts degree, which isn't always the most logical thing to do in capitalism. <laughs> but I was hearing at the time, yeah, yeah like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I was hearing that the MFA is the new NBA, you know, there was a lot of thinking around the time that I was in school about how a lot of the skills that the art department was growing in their students was actually skills that were needed in business now. So we don't maybe need the accountants or the business majors as much, we, whom are trained more at vertical thinking, but mm -hmm. that in um, the art studios, we were working in a much more hybrid way. And so it was much more about collaboration and horizontal thinking. And businesses at this time were really looking for that. So I think there's definitely a link between business and art that's, um, yeah, that that's like a really beautiful marriage and maybe not as polar opposites as they sometimes get presented, mm -hmm. for sure. And do you still uh, pursue art? Yeah, both of us um, are making work. And as most uh, New York artists, we are not as prolific as we wish we were, probably. So I think that's something that we want to um try to find and imagine solutions for for our lives as entrepreneurs is how to find more work-life integration and how to find more like art life and work integration so i don't know that we always have the solutions for that but i'm a fine i was a fine arts major i'm more of a new genres artist i work in photography and sculpture 
and Georgia is a dancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we kind of want, like, that's kind of why we ended up coming together is because we're both artists, then we ended up in the same field. And we're both still very passionate about our arts. Like, I still dance actively. Um, well, obviously not right now because of COVID. The industry is kind of down right now. But um, it's we're kind of finding a way on how wellness does actually contribute into art as well. So it's like an interesting way in like thinking of like how we can kind of bring all of our communities together and like it doesn't just have to be wellness, fitness, and then like fine arts and then like dance or things like that. We're kind of coming up with ways even on our like virtual platform right now that these, these communities really do all connect and they intertwine. Um, so we're trying to figure out a way of like keeping our wellness, fitness, background and our arts backgrounds we're trying to find really nice ways to kind of like weave them together so they can all be connected and the people can start being connected and maybe we can like find a way to do some really cool projects um so we're kind of just trying to come up with new ways find new things and um i think i think we wanted to feel more human in our industry so the pilates industry is not the most humanizing one and the fitness industry. So I think as Pilates instructors who also identified it as having very vibrant lives outside the Pilates studio and realizing that our Pilates students and the community had very vibrant lives outside the studio, that we wanted that experience to just feel more human for us as um, that as a place of our employment and, and for students who are learning. So I love when people bring in like that outside world into the Pilates studio. So when they bring in their art practice or they bring in other aspects of their life, it becomes really a rich and alive method. As well as like, cause like we also focus on fun. Like a lot of people don't like, sometimes don't think fitness as fun or like wellness is fun or like sometimes people like struggle with their art like you know like we all hit kind of blocks and like this isn't fun anymore like I don't have this passion anymore and like we're Beck and I are both really enjoy fun like we like fun and play um we like to try new things do new things experiment like you know and so we try like all like some places that we worked at like we just realized that or like places we've gone to and like experienced fitness we're like like I didn't like feel like I was having fun. I was more just like, okay, I did my workout, like checked it off the list rather than being like invigorated or like feeling really good afterwards. And we were kind of like just coming up with ways and like thinking about how can we have fun? How can we bring in our art? How can we bring in fitness? Like, how can we do this? That still like makes you feel really good, happy, like clear-minded. And also just like that you can have fun while being active. And it can also like help lead you to try new things that you maybe never thought you would before. So it's like fun is also a huge thing for us. That's like a word that always pops up whenever like we're talking about new projects or things like that, where it was just like fun. Like we want it to be fun and stimulating and like, I don't know, just something that's like- I think we're both motivated. Yeah, we're both motivated by fun and learning for sure. And I, yeah. Yeah, I just totally the newsletter. The newsletter mm -hmm. is something that's like fun and brings joy and like it, you're continuously learning new things. So like every like guest editor we're bringing in, we're learning so many new things. And it's so cool to like introduce like our small community of who we have right now to these new things with us. So it might interest them and then they can be like, oh, this is really cool. I never thought about getting involved or 
looking at something like this and it's like cool that we get to learn with them or we get to help like people open their eyes to new things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when you talk about the kind of capitalist model, um, the hellscape that we find ourselves in sometimes, you run into people and like I've been caught up in, I'm sure you've been caught up in it too sometimes where you run into people who are miserable um doing like kind of stuck doing whatever and kind of ask why people are doing it and it's like people think they're actually stuck when like you don't have to do things that aren't fun you don't have to do things that aren't serving you um i think it's scary but i think like for me this whole pandemic has been fun in a way I think I was in a good mindset going into this. Um, I was kind of in a transition anyway, but like I've really been enjoying exploring like possibility during this time, you know? Yeah, I think sometimes we don't see the possibility. We get caught in that rat race of capitalism. And even the other day, um, talking to a fellow Pilates instructor who teaches in Bed-Stuy. Her name is Jo. She teaches out of an amazing studio called The Fit, The Fit In. Um, and I was saying, you know, I just wanted, to, I was getting frustrated. I said, I just want to teach Pilates in a way that's fun. And she sort of stopped me and she said, um, no one's stopping you from doing that. And that was like really amazing moment for me because you do, you get caught up in your like, just sort of assuming that the apparatus you're operating in is how it is. And she really paused me there for a minute and just like reminded me like no one is stopping you from doing this your way, making this fun, like following your passion. So yeah, I could see. Also, uh, well, first the last question. Um, what's kind of your relationship to like social media? right now um and, and i have a follow-up but i kind of just want to yeah up first. So knows me i am very i'm not i don't consider myself a social media person um she's kind of actually had to, it's really funny she's older than i am she's been teaching me kind of how to use like instagram and social media just because i'm not very active on it i don't really like and i don't enjoy like being on my phone and being on the internet doesn't bring me joy it usually causes me a little bit more anxiety and things like that. I get very overwhelmed and overstimulated and I kind of get like sucked into a hole. So it's kind of something that's been like hard for me. But now that we have this online platform, it's been really cool to like come up with ways that I can like post things that are, it's not a lot. And I can also post things that are like important to me, what I find important, what I want people to like, what I want to share with people, things like that. So it's been weird because I think I've been more active on social media during COVID mm -hmm. and I still find myself being very separated from it at the same time. Yeah, social media is complicated that way. I feel like I'm trying to be more mindful of social media. So I'm trying to notice as not yet, like just as, even as a consumer of social media, I try now to be more aware of the somatic component, like the bodily mindful feelings of being on social media. So I just check in with myself when I'm on there and I ask myself like, does this feel good? 
And I never really took the time to check in with how social media felt on my body and for me. So I've been doing that more. And then I can just sort of notice like when it's feeling like, cause I think not just even social media, but all technologies during this time, like zoom has been amazing way of connecting with people. And I'm realizing like not all social media time is created equal. <laughs> and so now I can kind of check in with myself and saying like, Hey, is this, is this helping me connect with others? Is this tapping me into my core values? Or is this like just making my shoulders tight and making me feel miserable? So I can, I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful when I'm on it. And then the question of how we're using it and is, is just really hard. I think we're just experimenting with it. We're so new. We started an Instagram under Wick Pilates um, for our little collective when we came together. And we've just been using it to advertise our classes, keep people informed as to when new classes come up, when we're teaching in the park. Um, we use it to give the newsletter that comes out as an email to people who have subscribed a little bit more visibility and time. So we'll make posts related to our guest editors who are writing for the newsletter and projects they're pointing at. And so we're figuring out how we can start to combine the newsletter, practical things like the classes, other body stuff, fun things, um, it makes me think of, I heard um, a Pilates instructor, I think I heard this from Blossom, but I, I could be wrong, but I heard somebody say once Pilates is not something we do, it's something we use. And so I think we wanted our Instagram to feel more alive, where usually you just get the images of people doing Pilates. And it's very much just about Pilates when you go to a Pilates studio Instagram. And we wanted to show people skateboarding, people being creative, people making things, people um, doing political events or community organizing. And we wanted to show all of the different ways in which it can blossom out into a lifetime that Pilates is something that should support your life and things you do outside the studio. So that's what I think we're playing with right now. But I don't know if we're, we're at the very beginning phase for sure. Well, it's definitely something we're like trying to do. It's like kind of that way that we're molded in. Like we're trying to figure out this virtual thing that we've created, and we're kind of playing around with all the things we've been like talking about: art, community, play, wellness, art. Like just like how they all come together, and we're trying to figure that how we can like kind of create that on Instagram as well. So it's like all of this together. We're trying to figure out kind of like how we want to create this thing that we have. So it's like. It's like a very small start, but we're, we're still just kind of playing and seeing how it works and what doesn't work and like learning from like mistakes and um, I know, you know, it's interesting. It's like, we might sound like we don't know what we're doing with social media, but, but the, but actually we know what we didn't want to do. So sometimes like defining that helped us figure out where we were going. And so we looked around the wellness Pilates um, fitness industry. And we were seeing things that were very much for like one person. You were seeing one type of body type in pastel clothing, in a minimal space with white walls and one plant. Like there was, there was a visual language to Pilates that seemed marketed towards white women with money. 
and didn't really seem to represent the people we teach with and the people who come to classes or Bushwick in general. So we did want it to be more gender neutral. We wanted the method to represent the people that we learn from and teach with. And we wanted it to feel more alive, less sterile. For me, it was like, I didn't want it to look like Pinterest. <laughs> so knowing what I didn't want it to be, I didn't want it to be like, um, a Pinterest board of like a, um, yeah, so for like a middle-aged white woman. I wanted it to be um, for everyone and realizing that we, um, both George and I as like white women who, um, realizing that we didn't want the studio just to be for us. So that's where the guest editors really are important. Like we could have curated a newsletter, but we want to hire guest editors and writers in different fields so that the Instagram and the newsletter is written and produced by many different people for many different people. And we knew pretty quickly that we couldn't be the editors of the Instagram or the newsletter if we wanted it to feel like alive and a real reflection of the community. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, because you mentioned, it might sound like you don't know what you're doing, um, but I actually think uh, one of the best places to be and to like open up possibility and fun is to approach things with the, like with kind of a beginner's mindset. Even, you know, <laughs> it's not that you don't bring the knowledge and experience that you have, but it's sort of like, I feel like, what I, I feel like you're saying a little bit, specifically maybe with Pilates, but also in general on social media, a lot of people are trying to be other people, if that makes sense. Like, so it's yeah. like Pilates, it's like, we do this. Um, and then it's like, well, why? Um, and so doing things different, yeah, you don't know how the, how people are gonna engage with that but that's authentic. Like that's, that makes it more human. Um, and I brought the question up because I wanted to let you know that between, uh, the WIC page and, uh, like Deb's page. And from what I've seen on social, I want to know just some, a small impact, um, that it had on me is that I, was not going to the beach. Like I was very um, creative during this time and seeing the joy that you were sharing at the beach made me finally go to the beach uh, last week. And I'm going to go to the beach again tomorrow um, because yeah, I need the beach too. So thank you. You know what I mean? You don't know the impact you have, um, but that was a direct thing, like for real. Yeah. No, I feel like we had to think like, what can we give during this time? And our skill sets might be pretty limited in a global pandemic. But one thing we can give is like joy and the pleasure of moving one's body and playing with one's body. And I think joy and pleasure are like radical things to prioritize during this time. And that's so amazing that you went to the beach. I'm so excited. <laughs> Our, yeah, I think it's, it's expired a lot of people to go out and play a little bit more and 
I'm loving seeing fitness end up outside too. Mm -hmm. It's, it's amazing to see classes in parking lots and in the park and um, people training on the beach and yeah, that's, it's nice to just see people it. outside more. Like, I do think that like people are, cause like you're usually, especially when you're stuck inside, you're going to be on the TV, your computer, your phone or whatever your like electronics are around you. And I feel like now during this time, you're seeing people like actually like go outside and like try new things. So you're seeing people on like roller skates and skateboards and their bikes. And it's just like, everyone's just finding out these new ways to be active again. It's kind of like going back to like being a kid and being like, I want to go outside and what can I do when I go outside? And it's cool to see all these like adults in Brooklyn going outside and like playing mm -hmm. and like experiencing these new things or like these old things and bringing them back and being like, oh, I can do this. I do have time to like find joy and like learn how to skateboard even though I don't know how to skateboard. And it's never too old to like learn. So I feel like now, especially with like the beautiful weather, you're just seeing all these like people outside doing things that they probably wouldn't, wouldn't have done if this would have happened. Yeah, I've been, some of the moments where I felt the most deeply touched during COVID is to be outside and see families that I know are under immense uh, stress and trauma during this time and probably facing unemployment and potential eviction, but just seeing them in leisure in a way that capitalism when it's in its full force wasn't allowing. And I don't wanna diminish the struggle that a lot of people and everyone's going through right now and I found it really touching and beautiful to see a new amount of leisure introduced into people and families' lives and to see people having a little more time to play with their kids in the park and rediscover like the benefits. We all wanna be productive in New York, but I, I feel like leisure is really important to being productive and rest can be really important to that, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah, we like going off that because like there is definitely the stress of COVID as well. Like there's mm -hmm. like two sides to it. So it's like we have this newfound time to kind of like connect with ourselves again and experience these new things. And then there's like another half of you that's like, oh no, like I lost my job or my job permanently closed due to the virus, like it closed as well. So it's like this interesting time where it's like you're finding more time, you're finding more pleasure and leisure time, and you're also still really stressed out about what's coming next. So yeah, like, I think early, early on, we said like a line that we might have shared on Instagram, I can't remember, but it was something like, there's no right way to survive a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Because really early on, I was seeing a lot of advice, especially because I follow a lot of fitness accounts. Yes. And it was like, wait, you know, wake up, have the most killer morning routine, like do 50 pushups, you know, uh, work out, run a marathon, you know, like it was all about how to survive a pandemic. And we didn't want to add to that voice of like, are, are you surviving the pandemic the right way? You know, like I, I wanted people to feel like they didn't have to wake up every single day and do Pilates. <laughs> and that if they weren't doing that, like somehow they weren't doing this, uh, you know, quarantine the right way. And there's just no right way to survive a pandemic. And I feel like moving our bodies and exercise and play can really help relieve stress and can be a really amazing tool during 
this period of incredible vagueness. And you shouldn't feel guilty if you don't want to do it at this time. I think that's another huge thing is that like I was, I was telling Becca too, because when we were started doing this, I was like, I don't want to feel like anyone is pressured to do our classes. I don't want anyone to feel like, I don't want anyone to feel bad because they don't do our classes with us. Like that's not, because some days I don't really want to work out. I don't want to dance. I don't want to do things. Like I just want to sit on my couch and that's okay. Like you can do that. And I think we were seeing all these posts being like, like 30 day workout challenge and all these things. Like you have to do this and hold this like plank for this amount of time. And I started to feel bad about myself because I was like, oh, I haven't worked out in like a week which for me is like weird because I'm like, I'm a dancer and like, you know, I'm in fitness, I'm very active. And I like, for the first, like when COVID started, I was like, I can just do nothing. I was like, I've never done this before, like ever. This was weird. So when we were starting that, like the Instagram stuff like that, I was like, I don't want anyone to feel pressured because when I was on Instagram, I was feeling so bad that I wasn't doing these things. And I felt like I was letting myself down. I felt like I was like letting my body go and all these things. And I like, I realized after a week, I was like, my body's fine. We're still here and I can pick it up when I want to and not feel guilty about it. And people yeah. shouldn't feel guilty. And there's no way, right way to work out during a pandemic. It's just like, you can, you will get like, you will feel better mentally. I feel like you get a little activity and things like that. Like I do believe like we're very big, strong believers in like, um, physical fitness does help mental like health. Um, and that's your choice. Right. Like, yeah. Cons always, consent oh. is super important when it comes to physical fitness for sure. I'm no, also thinking about, yeah. No, and it's, so bad. yeah. And the, the saying like, there's no right way sort of takes the rigor out of fitness and there's, um, a lot of fitness plans and people go in really, really hard and they always get burnt out. And I try to tell people, you don't have to be extreme, just consistent. And sometimes people go with the most rigorous thing possible. And to me, rigor is very stiff. It doesn't accommodate life. And I would rather somebody be very, um, almost like messy or fluid or sloppy with their Pilates practice and consistency and be able to do it longer and throughout their lives and have it really work with their lives. And to me, that feels more alive. Like rigor to me is rigid. It reminds me of rigor mortis. That's like the opposite of how we want our bodies to be. We want them to be, um, yeah, fluid and moving and, 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 and it's okay to be even sloppy, <laughs> I say. Like we go for yeah. longevity. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so are there any major insights that you've found during this time? And are you kind of thinking ahead in any particular way at this moment in time? Because I feel mm -hmm. like I don't feel like things are going to be back to normal tomorrow. I think it's really stupid that we're opening schools. Like, I don't quite understand that. Um, I'm worried about a second wave. But that said, um, we are, I don't think we're going to go back ever. We're going to go to, we're going to, we're going to go forward out of this at some point. Um, so what are you kind of, yeah, what, how, how's your mind doing? What are you thinking right well, now? Well, like, like I said, I 
feel like leisure is important to dreaming. And I feel like this moment is requiring more dreaming and to be generative in thought than I've ever had to be. So right now I have very little answers for the future, but I'm asking lots of questions. Like if capitalism and racism are conjoined twins, what does owning a business, what are new possibilities of entrepreneurship that we can imagine? Or what are new structures for Pilates studios post-pandemic that we can imagine? I don't have all of, you know, I don't really have many answers. I'm asking lots of questions that sort of sound like that right now. Um, I think the one thing that's been helpful for me lately is to like zoom way out. <laughs> and I've really changed my definition of like timelines and when things should get done and really um, zooming out big, big, big picture. So um, sometimes I get caught into the web of going down the internet hole and reading lots of political stuff and getting really upset. And, and I realize like, oh, I just don't feel like America, like I belong here, you know, I can get very depressed about things. And then, and then I had to remind myself and like zoom out and be like, okay, where do I belong? And I was like, I belong to myself. I love belonging to my partner, Daniel. I, I love belonging to the universe, you know, like the cosmos. I belong to my body. Um, I belong to the beach and to the ocean. I belong to my amazing squad of girls learning to skateboard this summer, you know, and like finding, zooming out and finding different lenses has been really helpful in feeling like I have a sense of place during a time when it's hard to plan or have timelines or know what to expect. So, yeah, I have, I, no, idea. Sound... <laughs> I have no idea. Like we, well, cause we we're talking about it. We're like, so what does this look like? And we're just kind of sitting here and we're like, well, it looks like what it is now because we can't really predict what's going to go on. There's a huge chance for a second wave to happen. Schools are reopening. I definitely think I agree. I think it's too soon. Um, like especially that they're like introducing gyms and things like that when people are going to be more intertwined it is a little bit nerve-wracking that things are kind of opening up and they're being introduced again for a chance to this like for this to start over so i mean i'm not rushing back to go to a gym anytime soon and i love the gym i miss the gym i miss pilates studios and i'm having a great time figuring out how to work out outside in nature with much more ventilation and ability to social, social distance. So I don't know. I think I never imagined that Pilates studios would be teaching in parking lots, you know, so it's, it's hard to imagine what the next thing might be. Yeah, we have no idea, but like, I want it, I want it to be more human. I want it, I want people to thrive in more ways than one. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, I think it's going to require almost like a science fiction, like imagination. I think we're really um, going to have to imagine new things for, for ourselves and our communities. Yeah. Like artists, like I think all like artists, fitness and things like that. Like, I don't think we can predict what's going to happen. Like, I think it like really hit like the artist communities, um, the fitness communities, things like that pretty hard because we're kind of shut down. So it's really hard to look at what this is going to look like in the future. Like what like a performing artist is going to like 
look like in the future, what studios and gyms are gonna look like in the future um, when things can finally start opening back up again. It's kind of this, because we've never been through something like this before. So there's no way to really look out and be like, oh, this is the next step. It's more just like, okay, we're gonna just keep taking it day by day and see what happens. I think I've learned that we're incredibly good at adapting humans though too. As, as hard as it is and as much as I feel like in a regular day I'm not adapting very well to this, like we figured out how to get Zoom classes up really quick and how to connect with people and move our bodies and um, support each other. And I think we, I have faith in our ability to continue to imagine and reimagine, reimagine. And I don't think many people are going to settle for the lives we were living before COVID. No, I think definitely. we've all gotten a little taste of what it means to sleep more than four hours. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think, and we've learned, like we're learning skills. Like I, I think we're learning new things and um, yeah, one of the things I've been just so amazed by is like the, how people are supporting each other. And so I see people training in the park and when someone hits them up and they don't have the right thing for them, they know a coach who trains on the other side of the park who would be a really good fit. And seeing that exchange and support of each other and reimagining what small businesses look like in Brooklyn and beyond where it's more about support and exchange than competition and having and faith in the reason. Um, there's sometimes an idea, oh, I have this opportunity, you know, and sometimes people want to hoard opportunities, but it's like, it's not, that's not how it works. Like sharing that opportunity with somebody else doesn't take it away from you. Yeah. But in fact, it Sh makes more opportunity, like sharing opportunity makes more opportunity, I think. I I think so too. I think, um, yeah, sharing and generosity is two things that capitalism likes to suppress. And I have seen both in abundance within Bushwick and the community as at large. Mm -hmm. um, and getting more in touch with the real reason why we do things, like figuring out your why for different stuff is really you know, we all want to and deserve to make a living and being able to support ourselves and our families. And that's not the reason why I teach Pilates. It's not the main reason. So tapping back into the whys behind what we're up to really helps give me that extra power to like get out there and like be as generous as I can and experience how that ends up coming back like I, five billion fold. Did I ask you before if you're familiar with Simon Sinek? I don't think so. Because uh, I was talking about two speakers earlier um, and Seth Godin was the one I mentioned earlier. The other one was Simon Sinek. It was a com com conversation between Seth Godin and Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start With Why. Because um, mm. I just keep hearing you say, your why, your why, your why. Um, yeah. Agree on, um, but if you haven't read that or checked out um, Simon Sinek's work, I think it would resonate with you. Um, yeah, 
yeah i also think there's a power in like gifting and giving and that there's so many different ways in which we can have exchange that are hard to imagine because we're so used to exchange being linked to capitalism and even like an energetic exchange if somebody comes to class and they're not able to make a monetary donation for me like their energetic exchange is so valuable like their presence helps make somebody else who showed up to class today like feel motivated to put in work and work hard and i think showing up for each other during this time like that's like a lesson from the pilates studio on the mat but you can uh take that outward and i i do think reimagining different ways exchange gifting energetic exchange could look outside of capitalistic models is interesting during this time is like a survival mechanism mm -hmm. or humanizing for sure yeah uh so where's the best place for people to follow you um it could be the project or if you have individual mm -hmm. things too um yeah, I think the best place to follow us is on um, Instagram at Wick Pilates, Wick as in Bushwick. Um, and from there, you'll see our individual Pilates pages often tagged and you can uh, move off from there. But I think that's a great place to start. And it has our website in the bio, www.wickpilates.com. And there you can subscribe to the newsletter. You can subscribe to Zoom classes. You can drop in, send us an email and drop in for an individual class and just stay up to date when we're teaching classes in the park. And yeah, come also through and see what's up. That Alec is gonna be our next guest editor. So we're very excited for that, our September guest editor. So if you can, you know, check it out. Or subscribe. For it. Uh, who's the August one, by the way? Her name is Pip Penman. Um, she's, uh, she's from Scotland. She moved here and I believe she now lives with her, her girlfriend, I believe, here, here in New York. Um, she moved here for school um, and she does a lot of amazing things. Um, she's a, she skateboards. She's involved in like women's soccer. Um, I can, can kind of talk a little bit more about her as well. Yeah, she's an amazing writer that really connects I think sports and um, athleticism and like women and groups that are other groups that are maybe excluded from athleticism often and works with different through whether it be writing or different skateboard companies um, that she works with or what she does with women's soccer. She's definitely interested in opening up athleticism and sports to wider audiences of people. And she's a writer, definitely has like a interesting take, I think, on the body and the mind connection. Um, she has a great video piece linked in the newsletter uh, that her sister, twin sister produced about being dyslexic and skateboarding. And there's definitely a somatic um, component to thinking and that sometimes just taking a few laps around the skate park or moving your body might shift your ideas and help you write and access new thoughts. And that's something that I was really attracted to because in grad school, um, I felt like school just wanted me to be a mind 
and didn't really care about our bodies. They didn't care if we um, became sick or replaced meals with cups of coffee or didn't sleep. They just wanted us to be a brain. And I built a climbing wall in my studio that at that time so that I could just move my body for 30 minutes, do a little bouldering, and then come back to writing that paper or working on that art project. And I always found that doing something with my body sort of created and generated that shift. So I think, um, yeah, Pip has a lot of projects that speak to this movement between sports, athleticism, community, and creativity. And their form is in writing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I certainly, approach like fitness as like part of my mental health we talked about that a little bit before um and yeah and i'm super excited there's like a bunch of projects i'm excited about but i think this period of time for me has shifted my mind to the point where like my number one goal right now is to keep working the inner work like i believe all mm -hmm. the outer stuff you know, it's not said don't have vanity. Like, it's like when I go to the beach, like, it's not that I don't have any vanity, but like, I really want to focus on continuing the inner work. Um, of course, there's like outcomes I would like to see happen, but like, really, I believe the inner work is like the most important work. And it kind of, it kind of makes some of the outer outcomes irrelevant. Mm -hmm. like I think a lot, of, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just thinking like, I feel like sometimes people come to Pilates and you ask them what their goals are. And sometimes that vanity thing is easier for them to access and they uh -huh. may want to get some kind of result with their body. You know, they come to Pilates, they want abs or something like that, but then they do it for a few weeks. And the thing that they notice changes the first is their mental health. Yeah, And that's really what they're, they realize like, whoa, when I do Pilates in the morning and then go to work, like I am more creative, I can access things better, I'm less stressed. Or after work, when I come and do Pilates before going home, I'm like nicer to my partner, I'm more available, I'm a better listener. I, so I think the, the benefits you're going to see the most are going to be in that internal world. And I think COVID has shed a lot of vanity for our society hopefully and as an individual and yeah like I won't I'm a little vain I'm really into fitness I like working out and I've loved like getting really fit for the summers out in Rockaway and this summer has not been about that like it has been about leisure and relaxing and talking with friends and just let it you know in, in a just a much less vanity driven way it's more about real pleasure and fun and being messy and sloppy and unconcerned um about the external world as much yeah i think that's what's nice of what happened with covid is that people are actually like checking in with themselves for the first time in like a really long time like having yeah. the time to just sit there and be like is this where I want to be? Am I like happy with where I am? Like, what are my true values? What are my core values? Like, am I in a place that I, like, it, am I interested in trying something new? It's like, 
can I work through things that I haven't had the chance to actually work on that I'm struggling with? Or like, I just think it's like a really nice time that people finally got to like image themselves like it's okay to not be okay. And they can work on that and they can like find ways to kind of like work on things that they haven't had the chance to. And also like within that work, find ways that bring them joy. So it's like this really interesting thing where it's like a really hard time and you've had this chance to kind of like do this internal work and continue it and realize that like that's just as important as external work. Yeah. And I just think I'm not sure, like at least for me, maybe for other people as a role, but I just don't know where vanity has a role in survival. And we've kind of like come into survival mode and I go skateboarding and to the beach with the girls on the weekends because I'm like surviving this pandemic and there's no right way to do that. But for me, um, those activities have, yeah, have become much more about the internal world. Also, another thing I wanted to throw in there, because we were talking about there's no right way to do it. I've also come across people who are feeling guilty for feeling good during this time. Uh, yeah, I'm experiencing that in our conversation. That's yeah. funny. But that's yeah. also like, that's a part of it too. It's okay to feel good. Yeah. Like in fact, I saw a quote today, I've seen it before, um, but the quote goes, in my life, I've known many great worries and most of them never came to pass. So it's like, enjoy when you're feeling good too you know what i mean yes. like don't waste the good times yeah feeling. i think yeah prioritizing feeling good moving your body pleasure play whatever it is that brings you that joy during this time is so so important and i've also noticed like little crashes after i have a really good time and sort of knowing that you have to be like in the moment during that good time. And then there's also going to be really hard times. So sometimes after a great day at the beach, that the next day when I find myself back in my apartment and unemployed, there's like a little come down from that. But always knowing that you can like revisit and make space and time um, for joy. And I think that... I was taking Zoom classes from other people during that time. Um, and it helped me have like, oh, I know I have this hour long, 40 minute long time today that I'm set aside for just moving my body in a way that feels good. Yeah. Um, yeah and like letting that and having that be like totally okay and wonderful. But yeah, releasing yourself of the guilt when you feel good, feel it, like really feel it. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I think it's like cool. Like you're kind of, it's like, I feel like people are allowing themselves to feel good. It's like you can feel good when you're feeling good, feel good. And also feel like if you're feeling bad, like it's okay to feel bad. Like it's okay yeah. to feel really good and it's okay to feel really bad. And that's just like kind of how it is. One day you're going to feel really, really great. One day you're going to be really down. And it's kind of cool that you can kind of like sit in both of those places being like, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having so much fun today. And then like another day comes by and you're just like, oh, I'm really in it today. And that's okay. And I'm just going to like listen to myself. And I'm going to sit with myself and just kind of like see where I'm at. And it's okay that I'm not okay. And then like a few days later, you can feel this extreme joy. I so think it goes back to the question of vanity in a weird way where, um, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this connection, but it's 
um, it's, how can I say this? It's like, it goes back to like being with yourself in a non-judgmental way. Right. And so not judging yourself for feeling joy and pleasure and not judging yourself for having a really hard time. And I think there's a lot of judgment that goes into the fitness and Pilates world and, or that goes into experiences, maybe like going to the beach during the summer. So I think that COVID is teaching us to be a little bit non-judgmental with whatever sort of comes up for us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Also like reminds me, even vanity, like I think, yeah, like vanity in the sense of like, I think it's also okay to want to look good also. Like yeah. so, so, all complicated things. And it's like, I uh -huh. think for me, like when I was younger, that definitely is where it started. And the more I've learned, the more I've like grown, that's still like a thing, like probably four years ago, it was around the time I got married. I was, I was a bit of like unhealthy overweight. Um, I, wore it well like I'm I wore it okay um but thinking back like it's like for my body there's a certain amount of weight that probably like it's I'm not like it's gonna cause back pain like it's just for my body it's heavier weight like I'm probably not supposed to be that heavy like I'm not lightweight right now like I'm about like probably just under 190 and like for me, that's probably at the upper limit of what I should be. And a couple of years ago, I was like 20 pounds over that. So now kind of when I get to like 190, I'm like, all right, now it's time to like do some more work. Um, but it's like health, it's like health reasons. But then yeah. you can be honest and keep it a hundred. Also, like, yeah, I'm an actor, so there is also there are other factors like you know what I mean I'm a human being so it's all these things and it's all okay also like you know yeah our industries play a lot into how people feel about their bodies mm. and in I think maybe the dance world or the acting world there is a lot of pressure on how one looks and not how on one feels and our jobs also take a toll on our bodies so um people who are camera people, camera um, operators, their bodies tend to be very slanted to one side. They're holding a heavy object on their body one way. You know, our labor is marked on our bodies. And whether that's in a lot of pressure to try to fit a um, standard body that is, you know, propped up by white supremacy and some kind of standard, um, or if it's just wear and tear of like what our jobs have, like uh, hospice nurses' uh, bodies take an unbelievable toll. I remember thinking early on in COVID when our hospitals were overrun here, just the physical effort of the doctors and nurses and what the human body could get through at the end of a day. So I think there's a lot of um, judgments and I struggle as someone in the industry to always know how to talk about health and people's bodies and my own body 
and I just want many, many, many things to be possible. <laughs> that's sort of like, that's where, that's where I feel uh, the best. Yeah, and I, I also feel there is something about no matter what you're, like no matter what it is, but definitely for like an actor, but I think for anything, but it's like, I'm gonna, just the healthier I am, like, the better work I can do but healthy is like mind body and spirit so it's like finding a healthy balance it's yeah. and feel good it's like about yeah. feeling good I think people kind of associate with like external looks like looking right. at themselves and being like I look healthy rather than checking right. in with your body and being like do I actually feel good so like you could actually hit your target weight and then you could also be like wait I don't feel that good I don't feel as strong and realize that like it doesn't really like look like how you look is like one thing and also really checking in and being like does my body feel good does my mind feel good do I feel strong enough that I can like handle these things or did I take it too far or like you know what I mean I think it's just different for so many people and people always just look so externally at things and like weight and like their bodies and images and things like that mm -hmm. But it's like, it's not a, and I think that's like what this time is also like helping people realize it doesn't matter what that person sees you as. It's like, right. how do you feel? Like, does your body feel good the way you are right now? Do you feel better? Like, like in your body when you're a little bit more physically, physically fit or however you want to like say that, or like be more active. Um, it's just like, it's all just like very personal. Like somebody else's body is going to look very different than yours. Like, it's just, that's the way it is. And yeah, just all, you want all things to be possible. Like I, as someone who's interested in like sculpture or performance art, like I'm fascinated by bodybuilders, like that someone would take their body to like an extreme, um, to the place where they're changing the shape of their bodies. Do I think that's for everyone? Absolutely not. It's not for me. And I love that we have so um, much, so many more new ideas coming into the mainstream culture. and that um, words like fat phobia are something my mom knows now. And I love, I love how different our human bodies are. And I want like all things to be like possible and joyful and amazing. Uh, so that's kind of where I am. I just, I love that. And having the difference is what I love. I think that's the thing too, is like allowing people to see the variety of bodies. Like we're so used to just seeing this one specific body is like women and men like that's how you see things it's like it's all so categorized and now mm -hmm. things are so much more fluid and like you can kind of like you can be who you are like, who you want to be and that can be whatever you want and like in every category so it's really nice to see now that you can see all these different options and know that like that's okay too like what was what was seen as like normal or however you want to say that, like what people would always perceive as the right thing isn't. And that's not for everyone. So I think it's really cool that, and I hope it's getting pushed yeah. further that more things can be seen more often. So everyone feels like they, they like can be themselves without judging where they're at, how they are. Cause some people might feel really good where they're at and they see somebody else and they're like, Oh, but am I supposed to look like them? And no, you're not, because if you feel good and they feel good, that's all, like, 
That's like, harsh. I think it's, I think it's harmful for when somebody comes into the Pilates studio for a Pilates instructor to assume that that person's goal is to lose weight. Right. You know, like that's not everyone's goal. A lot of people are very happy with where they're at and they want to keep their beautiful, pleasurable curves that they are enjoying very much. So I think realizing like how much our language and our judgments come from a standard and like where that standard body comes from. And as somebody whose profession it is to like look and help bodies move, you realize that there is absolutely no standard body <laughs> and that there's actually no like in the way that there's no right way to survive a pandemic there's no correct way to do pilates and there's no standard body that that is uh, a myth and i believe that it's a myth of you know held up by white supremacy and yeah, just even sizing, like what's a medium, small, large, like where did those, how did we come up with those um, sizes? Um, so yeah, I think we're seeing new things in the Pilates industry. We've had a lot of people holding anti-racism workshops in the Pilates industry that I would recommend anyone who is interested in taking fitness or teaching fitness that they look for those workshops. And I think those experiences have made me feel more human and have made me feel less judgmental about my body as well. Um, it's also helped, like, I feel like this time is also making people realize that, like, we all need to be just less judgmental in general, less judgmental of each other and less judgmental of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, especially, like, being a dancer, it's very, like, it's a very judgmental place, it's a very judgmental community instead of just looking at somebody and being like, oh, like you're beautiful the way they are, the way you move is beautiful and the way that I move is beautiful. It's very different because I'm never gonna dance like you and you're never gonna dance like me. Yeah. And instead of just being like, oh, they suck or something like that, like just because they don't move like you or they don't particularly move in a way that like you see as something that you enjoy, that doesn't mean somebody else isn't looking at that body and being like, wow, that's so beautiful. Like, it depends on the scope that you're looking at. And I think it's kind of making people realize, like, I don't want to judge myself so much. So we also need to stop judging each other so much and putting all these standards on each other. It's like this back and forth thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like cool. I guess that it goes back to your why. Like, my why right now is, like, pleasure and fun and community and generosity, you know? So reconnecting to your values of, like, why you're moving your body. And am I being generous with my body? Does this feel good for my body? But I get you. I totally like I'm the kind of person like the stronger I feel physically, often the stronger I feel mentally. You know, yeah. I, I feel that connection. Um, there's a reason why I, I identify as an athlete just as much as I do an artist. And then I feel that those two things are very linked for me. Yeah, um, those just, are extremely linked to me. Like, that's kind of how I think about it. Like, it's sort of trying to be the best person I can be will help me be the best artist I can be. Like they're connected. Mm -hmm. Like the yeah. person behind the paintbrush is important to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. that. Yeah. I just too, it's like the separating the artist, the art from the person. And like, that's like, that's like a huge thing right now too. It's just like, oh, I really like their art. 
and I'm not a fan of them as a person. And it's also like, but how can we get to a point that you really enjoy their art and you really respect them as a person? It's like that, like this, I feel like this is a huge conversation just in the art world in general right now. So it's like interesting yeah. that you said that because and you find these profound works mm-hmm. and then you find out this thing about the artist and you're just like, oh my gosh, like what? I've been like supporting your work and you don't have like the value that I really look after and things like that. So it's kind of, yeah, it's like what you're saying. It's like you, the person behind the brush, like you also want to like connect in a different mm-hmm. way as well. And somebody was talking about Steve Jobs the other day, like just made me think of that, like uh, how there's like a lot of people in like Silicon Valley and whatever, like that look at what he did with Apple. So this is kind of the flip side of that. Like it's like mm-hmm. there is a lot of amazing stuff that he did like with that company, but he was kind of a jerk. And so there's a lot of people that emulate the jerk part, which like, that's not what made him successful. Um, right. I think so. Yeah, yeah, like he was successful despite being a real jerk. Exactly. You don't have, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to be a jerk to be successful. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of myths that are being challenged, I think, because of COVID and, and that goes back into that myth around competition or um, that maybe there's something about, um, masculinity for me and the economy <laughs> that I'm kind of realizing in capitalism. So I just think that there's ways to be abundant that maybe come from a place that for me feels less about the patriarchy and less about being like the most powerful one and maybe the most generous one can feel the most abundant or or new strategies. Um, I think it's interesting because we talked about like internal work and external work and sort of vanity and values. And I'm just thinking about, I'm always interested in activities that move in both directions. Mm -hmm. So for me, the zone that I love and why I love teaching Pilates and passionate about it and doing other sports or making art with my body is I love things that move from the outside to the inside and from the inside to the outside. I like things that feel dynamic and feel it both inward and outward at the same time and that that feels like a more whole human experience. And I've heard during our conversations, us um, struggling with the complexities around bodies and the fitness industry and all of these like internal and external and putting a lot of judgments on them. And I don't, I don't have those answers, but it's, I love that push and pull of negotiating and the inside of our bodies and the outside of our bodies communicating with each other and the outside world and the inside world. Yep. Yeah. And I think, and I don't think there is an, you know, I think it's like uh, something mm-hmm. you just have to keep questioning. Which oh I yeah, also, embrace uh, the mystery. Yeah, yeah which I also think goes to talk about the patriarchy. Um, and I think that's one of the problems is as exemplified by the current occupant of the White House. Um, and also sidebar on that, I think, the whole political system, most of it's pretty garbage right now too. Um, But he kind of exemplifies this super toxic idea, which is that it's like a zero sum game that only one person can win. Like, I don't like that. Like I do, even in like martial arts, like where it's like, yeah, there's like a sparring 
thing, there's great respect for everybody that's like a part of it. Like it's not about, it's become something else, but like it's like martial arts are a thing where like everybody who practices them went. Like there's not yeah. That's the yeah. thing, everybody can win. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I am attracted to sports that appear on the outside to be individualistic sports. Right. But um, through being involved in them, I realized they're really about like a crew or a community. Uh -huh. So I've been learning boxing um, from an amazing coach here in Bushwick, Boxing Coach Juan. Um, he's like a Golden Gloves winner, an amazing um, encyclopedia of the sport. And it's not really about me as an individual. I'm learning through a team. So he has a really strong team and that's what really makes it amazing to me. So I can work out with people who are very experienced in boxing and maybe are interested in doing something in the sport and I can come in and I can be learning it at my level and we could do it next to each other. Or I can go skateboarding with someone who is a professional skateboarder and I've just been learning for a year or two and we can do it at the same time in the same space and be working on our own thing, but you do it with people and you do it in a community. And there's no, um, I think the best skateboarder is the one having the most fun. There's no like winning at that when we go out. And the same with boxing. Like if we're all putting in work, then we're winning, you know? And I like, I like that about, I think community just naturally does a lot of beautiful things. And I see that in the Pilates studio too. And there's no um, winning at something like Pilates. <laughs> you're winning at it if it's making you feel better, if you're getting out of pain, if you have more energy, if it's relating to your real life and you're finding joy in it. You know, to me, that's winning. Yeah, I, I, I find that too. Like, like martial arts is a lot of times individual in a way, but it's group in that there's like a competitive thing that happens like when you're training that basically what happens is I train harder than I would have at home. And so that's where mm -hmm. it really is a group thing. And it like everybody kind of lifts everybody else. The because, energy. Oh, energy. Yeah. You want to feed off of people's energy. It's the same with like dance. Like mm -hmm. I like to go train. I train from certain teachers because of not only their energy, but like also the community they bring into those like classes or that those projects. It's like, it's an energy thing. Like when you work with people who have like the same passions or the same drive as you, you can like pull energy from them and they can pull energy from you and then you can create something so beautiful. So it's like- yes. Some yeah. people are incredible um, independent learners and I've always been a communal learner. So for me, I would probably have rolled my mat out and done my mat work like twice during COVID. But because I have these Zoom classes and I've got other people there, we're continuing to push ourselves and grow and I'm watching people get stronger and are more excited to be consistent and support each other. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people, we've been talking about Pilates and haven't actually talked about what it is, but I love that you're talking about martial arts because um, Pilates people sometimes just think is a made up word, but it's actually the last name of the man who invented the method. His name was Joseph Pilates and he was a boxing trainer. 
So he came from like a gymnastics background. Um, he invented the method. A lot of the um, Pilates method grew out of circumstances very similar to a pandemic. He was um, working with a circus in the UK and he was from Germany when World War I broke out. And so he was placed in an internment camp. And it was within these, um, his time as an internee, which is very similar to how I think a lot of us felt in the early months of COVID, he became very imaginative about what taking care of your body could look like in really hard circumstances. And he got a chance to work as a nurse. He was attaching springs to hospital beds so that people could move. And that's really how he invented his equipment, um, that someone bed bound could still be strengthening their muscles. And I think he saw the importance of what having physical activity during a really hard time could help you get through. Um, and then after that, he was working as a boxing trainer. He came over on his, on his visa before opening his Pilates studio here um, as a boxing coach. So I think, the, I think it often gets uh, marketed as something for women where really it was a method by a man for men and has a lot of ties to things like martial arts and uh, traditionally like masculine spaces. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's cool because that's what we want to that's what we want to also like build as well is that like a lot of people who see Pilates now they like associate it with a certain thing and that it really is for anyone and any everyone who wants to feel good and who wants to get the benefits from it not for one specific person Pilates really does work for everybody out there whether like your age like really anything that goes into it um it's for anybody who wants to feel good we've had men and women in our zoom classes we've had athletes and non-athletes we've had people in their 20s to people in their 70s join Prenatal, so, we've had like prenatal, we've had postnatal, um, and mm -hmm. like all in one class together. So it's like somebody who's like in their 70s to somebody who's like in their like third trimester of pregnancy. And we're all in the same Zoom class together because every single person can get benefit from this class. Mm -hmm. And yes, we, you have to like modify certain things for each individual, and they can still all work together in the same space doing the same things. Like that's mm -hmm. what's beautiful about this method is that you can have so many people with so many different things in one room and they can all do it together. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's been a fun thing to see is like the shift also like towards yoga, Pilates, like a lot of football teams have started incorporating those. Um, and yeah, like it, in my martial arts school, there's definitely respect. So I've taken Pilates before a little bit. Um, I have more experience in yoga just because like it was like around the time I was turning 30 like I could feel in my body I, I'd done like more like weightlifting before that which mm -hmm. I got weightlifting strong but like stiff in certain areas and so like around 30 I was like oh I want I don't want to lose like agility and just age I was losing a little bit of agility that was never I was like I never had to like stretch when I was younger um so could you explain a little bit just what pilates are for people who yeah so it's a combination of stretching and strengthening mm -hmm. so i also love yoga and practice yoga and that was one of my first movement loves 
Um, and yoga has a lot of more passive stretching involved right. in it. And then something like weightlifting, you're very much like in your muscles. So Pilates is this zone in between where you are working more on mobility. So you are working on range of motion and in that way it can relate to stretching, but you're also in your muscles as you're doing it. So it's combining your strength and your flexibility into functional movement. So really getting like strong, mobile um, bodies. Nice. Yeah, it's like each exercise has both stretching and strengthening in it. Like every single one, which is, was always wild to me. Like, especially it's like a dancer, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like every exercise has some sort of lengthening or like stretching in it as well as strengthening in it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so it's like this really cool in between, like after you do a Pilates class, you feel a little bit like taller. You feel a little bit like just a little bit like wider. I feel more open. open. I feel like I can, yeah, move easier. I, and you also I think feel stronger. Like that's the cool thing too, is that you can feel like you gained like two inches of height or something like that. You're like, wow, I feel less compressed. And then yeah. you're be like, and I feel really strong right now. And it's really cool. Yeah. I think I, I think I need some of that in my life right now, especially I'm not used to sitting a lot more. I was bartending as a survival job before this, which yeah, like it's better on the body in a lot of ways than sitting for a long yeah. period. It's hard. I, I work too. It's brutal. You can also it, yeah. you can also stand too much too and all that yeah. heavy lifting in the bar. My back was killing me when I was doing that stuff. So it's like there's a lot of like Balance. sitting too much. Yeah. It's like not good if you're standing too much. It's also it's like this weird like yeah, balance. I usually just tell people like you know, do what feels good and like movement heals usually <laughs> could help, you know? So I think when we're really, Joseph Pilates had very modern ideas about, he was very deeply concerned about city dwellers and society. And he was worried about things like radios and telephones. He had no idea the devices we'd be holding in our hands um, or how we would be on commuter, computers all day. So he was concerned about TexNEC before that was even uh, a thing and that, if we were living in a more natural state that we would still be gaining muscle into our thirties, that we would be um, growing and getting stronger. And that's why he really invented this method for people who maybe our lifestyles, whether it be through capitalism or circumstances such as quarantines don't have access to move our bodies all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should definitely try a class if you're feeling like, <laughs> I will. Strengthening. <laughs> I will. Join so, in at the time. When is the next? I mean, this, I don't know when this will come out, but for my, when are they normally, I guess? Yeah, so this, we're recording this now, and when, when right. it gets released, it might be something totally different. So I would go to the website and see what the latest uh, iteration of our fluid project is. But right now, we're running Zoom classes that are zero to twenty dollars just give what is legit for you and we run them on tuesdays through fridays and uh, we have two different types of classes one is called get moving and that's a straight up pilates class you're really learning the pilates mat order which is such an amazing thing to learn because you don't need any equipment you can do it in your home and then once you learn that you have that for yourself so it's amazing that we have this community 
But when you put in the time to learn that, you could be on vacation somewhere and get off a plane and say, you know what, I'm going to lay down on my mat and do 15 minutes of Pilates. And you, you know that. Um, and then the other class is called Get Stamina, which is a Pilates plus cardio class. So we were getting a lot of requests of people wanting that uplifting endorphin feeling of just sweating and really moving and that mood boosting feeling. So we've made a class that is um, based off of the Pilates mat class. We get a lot of flow and moving there. And then we add some more high intensity training, some uh, interval training near the end of class. So a combination. Nice. And, and Becca also teaches a class in Maria Hernandez Park on Thursdays at 7 p.m., which is pretty cool. So it's like- And that has been so much fun. As much as I am so thankful for Zoom and our ability to now teach classes to people all over the world, like that's been really fun that we have people joining from India and California and Canada uh, that we would never get to do this with but I also just miss teaching in person. For me, there's like nothing better than really seeing the bodies that I'm working with and being able to respond to them in like real time. So I love, I love that. I love that energy that you get from. What do people need to bring for like that, that class for like a Thursday? Yeah, so um, for a Thursday class, it's bring your own mat. I usually have about three mats with me just in case somebody wants to drop in or is curious and doesn't have a mat. You can always DM me on Instagram if you want to come and you don't have access to a mat. I can help with that. Um, we also have um, jump ropes because it's a Pilates plus cardio class. And that comes out of Joseph Pilates boxing training. I'm sure at the gym that you're at, I don't know if you guys ever warm up with jump roping, but it's a really classic boxing. Yeah, all the time. So it's a really classic warm up for boxers and Joseph Pilates would often start his mat classes with um, almost like shadow jump roping. But we have real jump ropes. Uh, about half the students are bringing their own jump ropes. They have it. I think a jump rope is a great piece of equipment during this time because they can be purchased for less than $7 and yeah, are really, really effective. And they also are playful and fun. There's a reason why people do them on recesses and why professional athletes like boxers also use them. So we do a little bit of jump roping to warm up and then we move into a mat class and then we end with a 10 minute circuit at the end of class. And people are usually like dying and dripping in sweat and glowing and just happy to be outside and moving together. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, maybe I'll drop in one of those too. I'm around the corner, so. Absolutely, yeah. please Definitely do. Go. Definitely go, you'll have some fun. We've gotten some pretty good feedback um, on the classes, which has been really cool. And again, it's just like nice to see people in person and um, also just to do Pilates outside and like breathe like fresh air. <laughs> Joseph Pilates would say get, get like, what was his sunshine quote? I don't remember, but he definitely was an advocate of getting as much sunshine as possible. So um, yeah, there's a lot of archival videos of him doing Pilates on rooftops in New York or outside in upstate New York. And I don't think he ever envisioned this method to be something that was restricted only to um, Pilates studios. So it really was like a method for the people, for sure. Yeah. And it's been co-opted into maybe something that's turned into something a little more elitist or harder to access. So I'm glad to see the pandemic opening it back up. 
having it out in the parks and in the streets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about today? No, I'm, I'll be so impressed if anyone <laughs> listened all the way through to our conversation. But no, nothing, nothing else to add. It's just been a, a joy to get together and nerd out on things like bodies and arts and uh, ex existential pandemic crises. So it's been a joy. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom you want to leave? Ooh. Georgia, feel free to jump in on that one. I think like, if you're interested at all in Pilates, because I get a lot of clients who message me and they say they're like really afraid to try for the first time because they feel like they can't do it. Like, just don't be afraid to try it. It's really, it is, is it, it's a, a method that was created for everybody. And it doesn't matter what, what level you are, where you are like in your fitness journey or whatever you're, you're doing. Um, it's for anybody who doesn't even consider themselves to be an athlete. Um, I have clients who do it just to feel like they can walk around and feel a little bit taller. They're just like, I can walk around and know that I'm not going to like fall and not be able to get back up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, everybody has a different reason to try it. So like if you're interested, if you like want to get a little bit of like stretching and a little bit of strengthening, like please come to one of our classes. Um, also on our zoom classes, you do not have to have your camera on if you do not want to be seen. It's like, it's a practice for you. We'll give you helpful tools and you're always more than welcome to message us if you have any questions about the method at all. And I, I think uh, piggybacking off what Georgia said at the beginning there of her advice, I feel like that would be some advice is just embrace being a beginner. And yeah. for me, like, because I'm someone who's motivated by learning, for me, when I'm a beginner, that's always like the most fun. Like the first year or two of learning something new is like just thrilling to me and, and you see how much you gain like when you're a beginner yeah. you see how much you can improve and so quickly like yeah even, even if you just take three pilates classes you can see where you started and like even just where you're at three classes later it's like it's a really fun progress like progression that happens in the work yeah. yeah so i think being i think as adults we um you know have lost some of our sense of play probably we're really hard on ourselves we have a lot of judgments going on um, about our lives. And I don't think we allow ourselves to be beginners enough as adults. And we are hard on ourselves during that time, but really finding the joy in being a beginner and that you're allowed, like the pleasure of learning new things always. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure <laughs> talking with you. I look forward to talking with and seeing you soon. Yes, hope to see you on the beach out in Rockaway or maybe uh, doing some jump roping in the park. Yep, both well, hands, <laughs> well, we'll throw some hands, we'll do some shadow boxing maybe. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, thank thanks you so girl. much. Thank Ciao. You. Bye. So that was my conversation with Becca Jane and Georgia Gavron, Wick Pilates. Um, I did, in fact, go and do Pilates in the Park with Becca later that week. And, yeah, it was really good. Um, I, had to take a, I had to take some time off from my martial arts training, so it was good to get back moving again. I was actually training with my martial arts crew yesterday, 
so that was also nice. Um, but one thing that Becca said at the end, I think is super, super important to remember is don't lose your sense of play. Don't forget how to play. Um, don't be afraid to be a beginner. Any great thing that you're thinking about starting, any epic quest that you want to go on, they all start at the same place, which is at the very beginning. So you don't have to know everything at the beginning. You just have to take those beginner steps and not be afraid to be a beginner. Remember to have fun doing it. Um, and the parts that aren't fun, um, they're lessons. So get after it. Take those first steps, whatever it is. Share it with the world. We need to see what you, that, what you have to contribute, whatever that is. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy it, please hit somebody else. Please uh, subscribe, rate, review, share. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that. We're kind of building that out right now. Um, but really just subscribe, rate, review, share. Um, follow us on social media at Bushwick Variety Show. And I will talk to you soon. Hope you have a good weekend and take care of yourself. Links are in the show notes as always. Peace. We're gonna set you free.